Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, G, U corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Bump. How are you now? Good morning, fellas. I'm doing well. Hey, man, I listened to that Trey Brown interview. I'm feeling this vibe, man. Me too. I'm Me feeling too. Trey Brown. I don't know what it was. Is it is it the subtle confidence of like yeah, I made some plays? Is it that he's not even slightly defensive about his height? Like where it's just like yeah, dude, that's just the way it is, and I take it out on that receiver I go up against every Sunday. Man, he's confident. He knows who he is. He owns it, and he almost has like an old soul. It's like he's been here before. He don't yeah. sound like a rookie. I'm really excited. I think of all the rookies, I'm most excited about him. Bump, you've been out of training camp. What have you seen out of this new Shane Waldron offense now that we're a week in? We're a week in, right? That was the question. What is this offense going to look like? And what I'm seeing is a lot of bunch formations. I've seen a lot of two tight end sets. A lot of spacing concepts, so a spacing concept, especially out of the bunches where one guy hits the flat, one guy's five-yard hitch, other guy gets over the ball. Forcing Russell Wilson to get the ball out of his hands quickly, which is something that we wanted. And I've also seen the tight ends being really active in the red zone. Kobe Parkinson has made a couple plays. Gerald, when he was out there, made a couple plays. So tight ends are involved in this thing. Lots of bunch and shifting. All the things that we thought we were going to see, we're kind of just waiting to see if our dreams are going to come true. We're like, all right, well, this is what happened with the Rams. Is he going to bring that over to the Seattle Seahawks? That's what I've seen. Russell's getting the ball out quick, but he's still taking a shot. DK still had a 70-yard touchdown the other day. Um, I've seen Tyler Lockett get his 25, 30-yard crossing route. So we're seeing some of the things that we saw last year and in previous years, but Shane's putting his mark on this thing. I like what I see so far. Now, Bump. Paul was talking yesterday about seeing the emphasis on some quicker targets and wondering if maybe that's something that they're spending extra time working on. You pointed out they're still throwing the ball deep. Can can you see evidence of an increased emphasis on, on sort of quick timing passes? Yeah, Paul's on point, man. It, it's There's a lot more quick game involved, whereas last year there was a lot more play action, rollout, slower developing type stuff. Now it seems like the tempo is faster and even the shifts, usually the last couple of years when there is a shift that kind of lollygag over to the other side of the formation, now it's like, no, we're putting pressure on the defense right now. We're going to shift fast, get the ball out quickly. I like what I'm seeing. I think as camp goes along and as the preseason starts to get going, we're going to see them open it up and kind of stretch the field a bit more. But right now they're like, look, this is going to be the foundation. We got to be able to have a quick game. That's what they didn't have last year. That's what I was wondering about because, yeah, it does seem like it's come at the expense of looking downfield entirely. DK Metcalf really hasn't done a whole lot in the camps that I, the practices that I've been out at. But I'm not going to lie, every single time I see the Seahawks try to get the ball out to Tyler Lockett really quickly, man, it's... It's looked great and practically automatic, and it's something that gets me really excited about what Lockett could potentially do this season, assuming he stays healthy through all 17 games now. 17 games is a lot, and with this quick game, you're going to allow your playmakers to make plays with their feet instead of just having to make the difficult catch all the time. And you're going to keep the ball. You're going to have possession because a five-yard out, a five-yard hitch, a slant is just as good as a run. If you, you can complete that, you keep the – the play clock going, you get the game clock going, and um, you march down the field. Big plays are going to come. There's going to be times when you need those big plays. But if you can go on a 12 to 15 play drive, man, your defense is going to love you. 
question two. Bump, did no one ever tell your Lakers that Father Time is undefeated? Because they're signing a team that oh looks like gosh. it's going to be stocked up from 2007. Russell Westbrook, let's go! Hey, that's why I'm rocking my Laker hat. I'm like, shoot, I'll be 36 this year. You guys need a, a, another guard? What's up, man? It, it, we're getting old. We're getting old, and I don't understand it. But yeah. um, Westbrook's going to be get... different this time. He's going to fit right in. Yeah. Great teammate. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Ariza came back, right? And yep. now they added Mello. Mello, baby. <laughs> I didn't see they added Mello. They added Mello? Come on. Mello, yes. Baby. Oh, let's go. 2003 draft. Let's go. <laughs> Syracuse. That's true. Actual question here for the Seahawks. Who stood out on defense so far? On defense, right, we've been looking for DJ, see what he looks like. Witherspoon's made some plays. And seeing him in person, he looks long. He looks like the corner that we're used to seeing. But Demarius Randall, man, he's he's been making some plays, and that's a guy that you're going to need. He can play safety. He can play corner. Um, he had a good game against the Seahawks, I believe, in 2017 when he had a couple picks. He can help on special teams. You hear Pete Carroll talk about this guy. We know that Witherspoon's going to get his. It looks like it's his job to lose at this point. We know DJ's good. The safeties are good. But who's going to be that rotation guy? Is it going to be Marquise Blair, who I think is having a good camp so far as well? Is it going to be Demarius Randall? There's a battle right now, and I love what Randall brings to the table. He's a veteran. He's confident. He has great feet. He attacks the football. There's a couple plays where he could have laid out receivers, man. But obviously, it's cap. He's going to ease up and let these guys live. But I like what he's bringing to the table. I look at this defense and the the sleeper right now. I don't think he's a sleeper anymore because we're talking about him. It's Demarius Randall. Yeah, he had a pick six against Russell Wilson on on Monday, and yep. it was uh, it was pretty. And to see him still able to jump routes like that, yeah, that's that's definitely a feather in his cap as far as the rest of training camp goes. I was trying to focus on the defensive line bump, and this is like one of those tricky times in camp where it's really difficult to determine what a successful pass rush win is and what isn't because you're never allowed to touch the quarterback. But what did you see out of the guys like Alden Smith, Daryl Taylor, interesting figures that we're not really 100% sure could bring to the table for the Seahawks? But if they do work out, I mean, that could be lottery tickets in both cases. Like you said, it's tough because they can't touch the red jersey, number three. But it seems like they've been in position a couple of times if they were to go full speed to get this guy. And that's all you're looking for. I was talking to Jen Mueller yesterday, and I go, man, it's all about quarterback hits for me. I understand we won a lot of sacks. They were, what, 47 sacks last year, were seventh in the NFL. That's cool, but... If you can hit the quarterback while he's throwing the football, that's going to cause turnovers as well. Now, you want sacks because you're getting second and long, third and long, but I want quarterback hits. And I saw situations to where it looked like that could have been a quarterback hit, so it gets me excited. It's going to help out that secondary that was known to give up 340-yard passes like it was nothing last year. So I, I like what I'm seeing so far in the depth, man. There's so many bodies on that defensive line. I think the interior line needs to get beefed up a little bit, but on the edges, you got a bunch of guys in rotation. And they look healthy, they look fast, but we never really know because you better not touch number three. Or you might get cut like that kid from, what, New York? This kid from New York that got cut? Man, you don't don't touch these guys. Don't do it. What did you think of that fight with the Giants? Judge. So they get, into a, they, they get into a big brawl, and then the quarterback ends up at the bottom of a yeah. pile. Yeah. And Joe Judge afterwards reads on the riot act. That's not how we do it. Even though everything I think that he's done over the course of his year plus there has led to the mentality that would produce a fight like that? Or, or am I just being a big stick in the mud about this? Fights are going to happen 
Yes. Maybe not with the Seahawks because their their vibe is a little different. But across the league, fights are going to happen. It's never good when your quarterback is at the bottom of that thing. The thing that tripped me out is you're going to make these grown men getting paid millions of dollars run sprints. This ain't high school, man. This ain't varsity blues. This ain't college. These are adults. You punish the people who are involved, and you leave everyone else out of it. You got to approach this thing a little different. But that's judged for you, man. He does he does some some interesting things over there. Is there any element of, well, hey, if someone screws up and everyone has to participate in the punishments where the teammates will hold said person accountable? Yeah, when you're 12. Okay. <laughs> no, they'll handle that in the locker room, man. These are men. They're going to talk about it. You don't need to line them up, run some sprints. This is not, I'm telling you, man, it's not Friday Night Lights. Let these men be grown. One of my favorite memories of covering the Seahawks was they used to have this bubble over in Kirkland. It was gross. It was set up on the temporary field that was out there. They were at the back of Northwest University. Mm-hmm. Like it was a gross bubble. Yeah. And they're getting ready to play the playoffs the year they went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers. And Isaiah Kazavinsky, who's a great dude, I, I believe is now a doctor. Isaiah was a tryhard dude. He was someone that made uh, out of Harvard and had made he'd been drafted and stuff. He knocked Sean Alexander where Alexander almost went into the bubble, like almost went to the side of the bubble. Sean Alexander's the NFL MVP that year. And I remember as they're walking out, like all of the offense is on Kasavinsky and especially the offensive line. And Steve Hutchinson just looks at him and says, you know what I think is awesome is when somebody threatens the league MVP at a practice. I think that's just really smart, sound football. And you could see Kazavinsky shrink. Like, you could visibly <laughs> see him shrink. And it wasn't about, like, go and run laps. It was like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, this is a business, and you're doing dumb stuff. Stop it. Exactly. They will handle it. Especially especially the, the O-line, D-line. Like, those are the enforcers on the team. Anything goes wrong, those guys are, are the security. They'll, they will kick you out the club. With no no problem. Question number three. Okay. This was an interesting article, Michael Bumpus. Up on ESPN.com. ESPN ranked teams based off of the changes that took place this offseason. So we're talking about things like free agent signings, trade acquisitions, draft selections, long-term injuries, retirement. It's not based off of who did well or did poorly in the offseason. It's just based off of the actual change itself. But ESPN ranked the Seattle Seahawks 28th among all 32 teams in terms of net change from the end of last season to now, which is surprising. They got a new offensive coordinator. They got Gabe Jackson in. They lost Shaquille Griffin. They lost KJ Wright, at least for now. There have been some changes made. Uh, 28th amongst NFL teams was surprising to me. Do you you feel like they are largely the same as they were last year? No, I don't. You got a new coordinator. You got a new offensive lineman. You got a new tight end. um, You got a new corner, a spot that you needed to fill. I think that they've made moves, but they just haven't been big, right? They didn't get Gilmore. They didn't get Julio Jones. Like They were attached to a lot of big names, a couple guys on the line that they didn't get. So um, I think... They don't have the wow factor, so that's what they're missing. They're like, look, there's no big name over there that's going to change the game. To the outside looking in. Now to us, we've seen this offense kind of flutter out late in the season and in the playoffs. We've seen tight end play go down. We've seen our corners get beat deep and sign a guy who didn't really get to play in Quentin Dunbar last year. So to us, we're like, okay, they're making the necessary moves to the lead. They're like, okay, where's the big name? I think that's where it falls into. This team has changed a lot. You look at the offense, it's changed a lot, but the NFL just doesn't respect it. You know, I'm pretty sure what, where are the Titans at? You sign Julio Jones, I'm sure the, the Titans are, are 
first top half of the league when it comes to making those changes. Um, you know, that's Seattle, though, man. That That's being in the Northwest. You're going to get overlooked. You just got to get used to that. That's how it is up here. I do think they've changed. And I think maybe it's because it's not the quarterback and it's not a running back and it's not a wide receiver and they didn't bring in a top-tier pass rusher. But Gabe Jackson's one of the biggest additions they've made on the offensive line. Like, he ranks up there with Dwayne Brown, and we saw how important Dwayne Brown turned out to be. I, I think because of the circumstances of it, that it's kind of getting overlooked how, how much they actually have have changed. And our offensive coordinator, that's going to be a huge difference in, in what this team is able to do this year. You think about it, Danny. O-line made some changes. D-line made some changes. At the linebacker spot, there's a passing of the guard. You got Jordan Brooks stepping up here. You got Daryl Taylor making that move there. You got to change at the corner position. You draft a receiver. You're not going to do it. You got quarterback. I mean, they hit all the hot spots, man. I'm good. I'm good with where they're at. I'm perfectly fine with it, and I think they'll be good this year. That is Blue 42.